the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Friday night. Yeah, it is. Woo! I cannot even tell y'all how happy I am that it is Friday. I am just super excited to be here. And not just because, and I hate to tell y'all this if you're somewhere where it's cold right now, but it's going to be like 70s tomorrow here in San Diego. It's absolutely beautiful. And it almost makes it worthwhile that we're paying $4 a gallon of gas. Thank you, Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, 888-344-1170. You know, I posed a question on last night's show that I had no idea was going to end up still being talked about today on Facebook. So since we, we like to keep things a little bit lighter on uh, Friday Fun Day, so I'm going to pose this question for you guys tonight. Uh, my man here I'm going to bring in, I, I'm posing this question, you know, now because he can maybe respond to it when I bring him in and you guys can feel free to respond or respond throughout the show. You can also uh, call in with your here of the week and stink of the week. If you watch CPAC today, if you've got anything you want to, you want to share about that, give us a buzz. 888-344-1170. I didn't realize that repeating, I stole an idea from somebody I saw on Twitter who said, Hey, what movie do you think is quintessentially eighties? All right. So of course I won that, you know, uh, hands down um everybody agrees with me on facebook so then i was thinking about the 90s today and here's my thing for me the 90s when i think of pop culture i think of tv shows more than movies so i'm gonna throw this out there to you guys what do you think was quintessential 90s and i say it was darren star and his tv shows beverly hills 90210 and melrose place but if you think that there was a movie that was more quintessentially 90s, let me know. But I think it was really TV. Oh, he's already, you know, I got to bring you in, man. Don't be going to the Google Doc, okay? Because it's time for me to introduce you on the show. Of course, Bob Walters will be here a little bit later. I'm almost going to have to be doing two shows a week with Bob Walters. Two full shows, because that's how the extent of the left, where the left is going to uh, hijack our schools for indoctrination. That's really the battleground. So Bob will be here a little bit later. But right now is my man. Uh, It is DJ Potato Skins. And we are going to keep on winning 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 it will include and across the board dj DJ you can't argue with uh president trump he just said that i won last night back to the back to the future answer was spot on and i'm sticking to it anyway quintessential 90s is obviously the answer wayne's world that was good, but I don't think that that was as much of a phenomenon as uh, as as Beverly Hills 90210 and Melrose Place. 
Get back to your 80s. But you were close. All right. So, <laughs> all right. Um, and by the way, we are streaming live on uh, the Answer San Diego Facebook page right now. So you can comment on anything there that you want to comment on, uh, whether it's this uh, social. We've, we've got the, one of the reasons why I like talking pop culture is because it's not only something I'm interested in. That is the category in which I always do my best in Trivial Pursuit, Arts and Entertainment. Um, but also because politics, as they say, is is uh, downhill from from culture. Politics rolls da- downhill from from culture. So, uh, and we have literally the Republican Party literally didn't even if if they even realized that there was a culture war going on, they didn't bother to get in it. And so much today, CPAC opened up with uncanceled America. And when you think about cancel culture and all the different ways it's going on with that, so much of it is born out of culture. When you look at this, quote, Equality Act uh, that has been passed, is that not cultural? That we did we, How did we allow the left? I could tell you how I could do whole shows on how we did, but the bottom line is the left has been allowed to slice and dice up America, to push their culture. It's a cultural Marxist movement that has been run on America. And now we have this whole transgender where a tiny percentage of our population is, is now controlling our schools controlling our churches, basically controlling all aspects of society. That's where we're at. And we got to get a grip on it and we got to get pushing back on it. And I don't know how we do that because they now have it ingrained in uh, in um, our legislation. It's Better now been passed as law. In the Senate. Yeah. It, well, it's it's going to be passed as law. Uh, and this is this there has there ever been it, it, it has there ever been an aspect that's been rolled back? I mean, Bill Clinton back in the 90s with and this is why I get angry when people talk about we can't do a third party because Ross Perot, we would have George Herbert Walker Bush have been reelected. And my argument for you is we were actually from a policy standpoint better off. This is where this is where we got to start thinking as conservatives about what really matters and detach ourselves from party labels and think about policy, because Bill Clinton actually worked with Newt Gingrich and said that the era of big government is over. And he actually made he actually made uh, welfare transactional. You want to get a dime from the government? You got to earn it. You got to go get a job. We, we couldn't get that done now. And the Bushes never the the Bushes never did anything. Did for, did forty one do that when he was in office? No, he expanded government. So a couple of things I want to get into tonight is take it down to CPAC. Don't want to spend much time on it. Um, what we saw today though was we saw we saw the Trump party in action. I got to tell you, I was aggravated when I saw Mercedes and I talked to Brian Maloney about this last night, Mercedes Schlapp, whose husband is Matt Schlapp. They are CPAC. Um, Because, you know, to me, uh, her interview yesterday in which she refused to acknowledge the elephant in the room and say that the election was stolen. I was like, oh gosh, this is going to be a rhino fest. And I was asked about it on Newsmax this morning. I watched some of the interviews. I saw um, Jim Langford give his speech. I saw Ted Cruz, who knocked it out of the park today. And when you look at, and I talked about this on Newsmax this morning, when you look at who was there versus who was not there, let me tell you, and then you listen to the speeches that were told, There, is, the MAGA movement is on in Florida today, babies. It absolutely is. I don't know if you saw Ted Cruz today. I, I read all the particulars and highlights. I didn't get to see it, but I did read it. Let me tell you, I'm loving me mullet Ted. 
That's a dude. That's a dude that could have could have possibly got my vote back in 2016. I am loving Mullet Ted. Mullet Ted was like he 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 took on something that part of, part of the culture war that not one Republican has mentioned, which is how they have gone after comedy. And he even talked about how Jerry Seinfeld won't even do stand up anymore because he can't even tell a joke anymore. So so Ted Cruz told a really crappy, funny Karen joke. He was like, "Did you know that 60 percent of Karens in America voted for Joe Biden?" And which is true. He said, did you also know that 80 percent of the men named Karen also voted for Joe Biden? And at first the joke kind of went over people's heads. But I thought this is this is awesome. We need to be pushing back. And we haven't been. Jim Langford talked in the morning about how uh, about First Amendment rights and religious freedoms and about how uh, he went into church and he sang in spite of what uh, the covid restrictions uh, we heard today. Uh, Josh Hawley, who, you know, he put his hand up in the air, fist up in the air, and, and people are trying to say that that's a Hitler salute. But, you know, what we saw across the board today was we saw conservatism. And I was asked about um, the people that weren't there from Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney and others. And I said, look, they don't need to be there. This is supposed to be the conservative political action conference emphasis on conservative and emphasis on action which means this is supposed to be when conservatives get together and put a plan of action in place that advances conservatism and that means it's supposed to advance limited government individual liberty and liberty for uh, religious freedoms as well as well as a free market system and you take note on who's not there because that should tell you everything you need to know. Oh, absolutely. I was asked about it. And I said, we don't need that stench. That's the kind of stench you don't want in the elevator with you. We don't need the stench of somebody coming out of Utah who's trying to push businesses, try to force businesses to pay to increase the minimum wage to $15 an hour. I said, we don't need the stench of a woman coming who's joined with the Democrats and pushing the false narrative that 75 million Trump supporters are a bunch of domestic terrorists and insurrectionists. However, what I did think was missing was a, a clear discussion about the elephant in the room. I understand that Trump is going to be there on Sunday giving a speech that's supposed to just really light the hair on Biden's hair. You know what you're going to uh, say? You think he's going to bring it up? Well, I, I think he's going to bring up whether or not he's, you know, the, the nominee in 2024. 20, but let me tell you, he's already, the conventional wisdom is, you know, Trump should not talk about the election being stolen. I heard Howie Carr, who's supposed to be conservative, saying, you know, you're not supposed to talk about losing. To, no, you can cannot have a conservative political action conference and not discuss the most important element of taking action to preserve the United States of America on which it was founded, which is what conservatism is supposed to be about, and ignore the fact that we don't currently have fair elections in this country, even if you don't believe that the fraud amounted to um, the election being stolen from Trump, which I think that you haven't been paying attention because I think it clearly was stolen. And I'm and fortunately, I'm, I'm at an outlet that doesn't restrict me from saying that. And you, one piece of fraud is too much. Well, you cannot you cannot with any intellectual honesty. No, you can't. Yeah, th- I agree. Right. Think that think that it w- that, you know, there was not rampant fraud across this country in all different shapes and forms. And even if you're a Democrat, that should horrify you. Because we are not supposed to go to the polls thinking it's some kind of theatrical expression. We're supposed to be going there believing that that's our voices being expressed. And that if it and if we have a candidate that gets more legit votes than the other guy, then the right person is supposed to win. And I think the veil was lifted to the American people that we really haven't had fair elections 
ever, or at least since the 60s, in which Nixon said, well, for the good of the country, I'm not going to address the fact that JFK stole the election through, you know, Cook County in Chicago. This is the most important. Yes, we got to be dealing with cancel culture and big tech, but is there no greater issue than the cancel of a, the cancellation of America by canceling our fair elections? It's at the forefront. It should be at the forefront. And I don't know if we're going to hear that. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to get into some other things that need to be at the forefront, uh, like this trillion dollar COVID relief bill that's going to put uh, that's going to cost here. Here's what the relief is going to cost you in this bill. It's going to cost your household $40,000. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K spelled K A Y E. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. You guys know what black fishing is? Well, it's Black History Month, so I got a couple, I got a couple of stories to share with y'all about Black History Month. Before I get into that, I got to share with you guys about uh, the relief that's coming from government. What was it Ronald Reagan said? The scariest words is, I'm government and I'm coming to help you. Never more true than it is today. Oh, yeah. You sitting at home waiting to get a little relief. You actually believe Joe Biden when he said, look, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to get $2,000 in your hands. Now he's coming to you for forty grand. That's ultimately what it's going to be. This relief bill is going to cost you forty grand. you are going to get one check for $1,400, but then it's going to cost you forty grand. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but I'm thinking that that's good. That, you know, forty grand minus $1,400 ain't exactly relief for me okay that's pain why is it going to cost you 40 grand well let me tell you yeah you're going to get a 1400 dollars check but federal employees who haven't lost a dime have continued to be on the payroll are now being offered to get 1400 dollars every week for up to 15 weeks if they want to stay at home with their with their kid and that's even if the schools are open in fact there's no age limit on it, which means they could decide that they're going to stay at home for 15 weeks, collect $1,400 a week with a kid in college. That's just one, that, but that's, that's, that's minuscule compared to the other reasons why it's going to cost you $40,000. I'm just going to get into a couple other ones. One is it, uh, an increase, additional money to the National Endowment for the Arts of $135 billion, in part to fund something called Boys in Trouble. From, from from fresh meat productions. True. This is true. Fresh meat productions. So you can tell the level of quality coming out of this project. It's going to cost you $135 billion. This, this production is a timely and urgent commentary on contemporary masculinity. These powerful dances place a trans and queer lens onto intersectional questions of embodiment, violence, black queer love, whiteness, shame, and posturing. Yeah. You can't run your business. You can't go to work. You've been out of work. You can't pay your mortgage. You can't pay your rent. Your car's been repossessed. But here's the good news. You're going to get a $1,400 check and get slapped with a bill for $40,000 in part to pay for Boys in Trouble from Fresh Meat Productions. <laughs> well, I have to laugh It's not because it's that absurd. But it gets even worse because $7.8 billion 
is now also going to go uh, for the government to pay 85% for, for laid off workers, 85% of the cost of their health COBRA. So again, they have no, which tells you, by the way, that they have no plan. Any of this tells you that they have no plan forever for us to be reopened. First, that's the first thing that you got to understand. Right? Because this involves money to continue to pay COBRA. And that's what happens when you get laid off and then there's, you still get coverage, but you have to pay a premium for it to stay on your employer's health benefits called COBRA. And they're going to pay 85% of it. Why did they want to do this? Because they're going to remove the Henry Hyde bill. And this is a way for them to force you to pay for people's abortions. Is this what you voted for? Was orange man this bad that you're willing to, you're willing to go along with this? No, getting back to what CPAC should be dealing with, what the action plan should be dealing with is the fact that people didn't vote for this. We know that people didn't vote for this. This is what's coming with the stimulus. Got to move on. Um, There's so many topics to get into. Okay, so it's Black History Month. So you are, you know... um, all about Black History Month. You're in media. You you really you really want to make sure Black History Month is supposed to be designed. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's supposed to be designed to raise the profiles of black Americans and their contributions, right? Wouldn't you think that's what it's about? That's what I've always understood it to be. Right? So help me to understand why Amazon Prime decided to stop streaming the documentary about one of the most successful black Americans in the history of this country, Clarence Thomas. There's you, no, there's no rhyme or reason. That makes no sense. Well, well, I've, well, it, it makes sense if you if you watched Tyler Perry's graduation speech to Tuskegee. Let me tell you why. Because he gave the commencement address to, to Tuskegee um, University or, or college, and I don't have time to get into all of it. But he talked about the fact about how he was really shocked that when he when he reached the success that he did. He expected to be targeted, but he was surprised by the fact that he was targeted by the black community. And he was targeted by the black community because they were angry at his portrayals uh, of that he wrote of his characters. And if you've watched any of Tyler Perry productions from House of Pain, from Medea, which is just, I'm such a Tyler Perry fan, I cannot even tell you guys. I just think he is so brilliant. And it's not, and, and I don't love him just because he comes out of New Orleans and his whole story, and I just feel that, you know, Southern, you know, Cajun connection to him. But I just think he's hilarious, and he's just such a master t- storyteller. But he was talking about the fact that his characters, he was like, don't tell me I'm not allowed to, to, to tell these stories. These are our stories. What are you embarrassed? Are you embarrassed about the fact that I got, you know, an aunt that's like uh, like many people in the black community to where she's going to cut her husband and then call 911 and pray for his recovery while the cops are on their way and while the ambulance is on his way? You know, he's like, you're embarrassed by these stories. And, and my point is this. They're, they're not wanting to pull Clarence Thomas's story because they're embarrassed by him. It's all about wanting a particular story to be told to the American people. They only want positive images of black Americans to be told. And from the standpoint that they're victims that per, that continue to perpetuate the anti-American Black Lives Matter narrative and Clarence Thomas, the story of Clarence Thomas, just like the story of Ben Carson. Don't promote that. Same reason why they didn't want, same reason why, and he talked about the same reason why they didn't want Bill Cosby, the Bill Co- the Cosby show. Because what, what was the Cosby show about? You got this doctor married to this lawyer, and you got these clean-cut kids that are all doing well in school and working hard, right? That wasn't the story they want told. That's why they got to take down the Clarence Thomas Herman story. Herman Cain's another one. 
Herman Cain's another one. Absolutely. Same thing with Larry Elder and his story of Uncle Tom. They don't want a story. They don't want any black representation that promotes what America is about, which is about if you work hard enough and you you apply your skills uh, through hard work and ambition that you can achieve it. The opportunity is here in the United States of America and you can achieve it. That's not the story that they want told. And it's shameful. Okay, so the other um, hot topic that's trending today. You heard of black fishing, my friend? You know what that is? No, I don't, actually. Okay, good. Um, Okay, I didn't know about it either until I don't even know where the story popped up. Might have been on Breitbart. But I see that Lisa Rinna... Um, do you even know who Lisa Rinna is? I do not. See, you don't know pop culture. Y'all trust me. I, I do. I do. <laughs> she actually was on Melrose Place. Getting back to my story, my question, uh, what was quintessential 90s? If you can show it on a and E, I I don't know it. Okay. Um, so she's got a daughter that has been dating um, one of the Kardashian husbands. I don't even know his name because I don't like the Kardashians in that reality show. Anyway, she posted a picture of herself on Instagram and I guess it showed her skin tone being darker than it normally is and um, they came for her and accused her of blackfishing and blackfishing is kind of like remember how we had we did that school story last week with Bob Walters about white where the school put out eight regimes of whiteness yes one of which they said was white voyeurism which is people you know wanting to uh, uh, wanting to participate in or consume black culture without having to bear the burden so what she was accused of is something called blackfishing they accused her of of using some filter to darken her skin to make her look more ethnic and she was like, look, I, you know, I, 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 you know, and her response was, I felt really sad for her because this is not how you respond to this. I felt sad for her and then angry because she completely cowed to the mob. She was like, I, thank you. She was like, no, I, I didn't do this. Thank you for educating me that this exists. I'm actually of Italian heritage and I tan easily. Which is like totally believable. Let me tell you, one of my nicknames when I was a kid was Little Brown Betty. I tan through a window. If I, even wearing 50 sunblock, if I'm not careful, I will literally become the color of a Hershey you know, candy bar. I mean, people used to gasp when I was a kid when I walked in the room because I had blonde hair and I would walk in the color of a chocolate bar because I just tan easily. So what? Now, if I, if I get a tan this summer, if I don't wear 50, 75 sunblock, I'm going to be accused of black fishing. But I mean, when 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 somebody can't even post a stinking picture from their vacation potato skins without being accused of some kind of white racism, just another thing on censorship with social media that it's why I don't want to be there. Well, it's it's actually even bigger than that. It's really an attack on white people. Literally, there's it's getting to the point to where we are so marginalized that there's nothing that we can do without it being evil and wrong, even posting a pic from a vacation. Hey, I got some sun and that's apparently bad. So now I'm not even allowed to tan. I'm not allowed to watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'm not allowed to eat some food maybe that might represent black America according to the eight regimes of whiteness. We we don't have anybody legitimately pushing back. You come for me. I am not going to tell you thank you for educating me. Let me educate you. You're a racist when you're pulling this crap. 
You are a racist. Anybody out there pushing this and you need to be called out for being a racist. And we need to have representatives. They should be talking about this at CPAC. They should be, have a whole day spent on the, the cancellation attempt of white people in this country and calling it out for what it is. No holds barred. You're attacking what this is an attack, a racist, discriminatory attack on white people to cancel us from the culture. And it needs to stop. We got to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in our buddy, um, Bob Walters. He's going to be here with his weekly education report. Up later, we got Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. And uh, give us a buzz, 888-344-1170. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, all while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is Friday. Y'all know what that means. My buddy Bob Walters is here. I was saying at the open of the show, I'm going to have to start maybe doing two hours a week with Bob because that's just how much that schools are the battleground and uh, in which they are using their cultural Marxist means to transform America. And he quite you have quite the list for us this week. Do you not, Bob Walters? Yeah, I do. I'll have to speak as fast as I can to match your time frame. <laughs> well, you know what? We can run a little bit long for you, my friend. And we can always start doing two times a week, but I don't want to overwork you. <laughs> okay. I do have some good news. Oh. A couple of points. Okay. School Choice Movement announced announces progress in four states, which have now voted to give parents and kids a choice of public or private schools with money from the state. And this includes Arizona, New Hampshire, Indiana, and Florida. It's great news, although there's a lot of states left to go, but at least things are moving in the right direction in that aspect. Well, absolutely. In fact, that reminds me of a quote I saw today that I saved to, for your segment tonight. It was Charlie Kirk, and he said, Democrats want a five-year-old to be able to choose their gender but won't let their parents choose what school they go to. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah, that's very true. Then you got a group that's quite active. It's called Mass Resistance, and it's an activist group for family and morality in schools. They had two victories. They stopped a West Virginia town from passing an oppressive LGBT ordinance and then forced school administrators to reveal hidden middle school sex ed curriculum to, the commu- to a community in Colorado. Do you, have it, I, do you have any info on what that curriculum was? Were you able to get that information? Yeah, I have it. I have it in a rather lengthy article. It, um, but it was a sex ed. It's, it's a sex ed class where they were teaching kids how to have oral and anal sex and other <gasps> ridiculous things, and they refused to let the parents see the curriculum. A lot of parents wow. said, "What are you being? Can I see what's being taught?" So how did they? So so they they found this out. Somebody must have been a whistleblower. I'm not sure how they found it out, but they were successful in getting that curriculum scrapped. Do you have deets, details on how they were able to do that? Because we need to when we when you have our find when we find a success like this, we need to figure out how we can replicate it. Yeah, I agree. And people should make contact with mass resistance to get their input on battles they might be having. But on a wider scale, yeah, we've got to look at the whole spectrum of things that could be done. Well, I'm going to reach out to them because um, they were here in San Diego. They were one of the groups that uh, tried to stop the um, Drag Queen Story Hour. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Correct. All right. Okay, college crazies. Always got some of those. A staffer at Smith College, Jody Shaw, Mm -hmm. has resigned, publishing a letter accusing the elite women's university of creating a racially hostile environment for white people. 
she is sorry the civil rights laws didn't protect people like her. She couldn't stand the humiliating comments from the school administrators who kept bemeaning her for being white and teaching in this campus. It's like, <laughs> like you say, the growing discrimination against white people for no reason other than the color of their skin. And women, too. I mean, I'm old enough to remember back when, when in 2012, the Democrats, their entire convention was about the Republicans and their war on women. You know, know. Uh, hello, Democrat women from this from this transgender, you know, act from yesterday. And now, you know, um, you know, here we've got this this liberal feminazi school Smith that's that that's attacking, you know, this this woman who's who's I don't know if she was clearly she didn't have tenure, but she was on staff there. Yeah, she was. It's just uh, a sad commentary on what's going on in this country. Then we have Cornell West. He's a radical professor and author of a book called The Ethical Dimensions of Marxist Thought. Well, that tells you where his his head is. Mm -hmm. Now he blames Jews for his failure to get tenure at Harvard. Uh, I think I know who this dude is. Does he wear? He got tenure at Yale and Princeton, which is hard to believe, but but he's blaming the Jews for his failure. And actually. He not only is very anti-Semitic, but he attacked people like Obama, calling him a Rockefeller Republican in blackface. So he, he angered enough of the leftists that he was forbidden to have <laughs> to be given his, his uh, final ver- uh, tenure at Harvard. So I, I think I know who this conservatives. dude is. It was the liberals he was making fun of. So. Is, isn't this the guy who looks like Lincoln from that show that my sister used to like? He, he's got he's got wears glasses and has a big gap in his teeth. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, okay. I know who this dude is. He's like he's he's like crazy town. He's crazy town. Blaming the Jews. And you know what? I'm glad you brought this up. I mean, it, he's funny. He's, you know, because, uh, he, you know, the crazy is, is humorous. But think about, let this sink in for a minute, because last weekend, Saturday Night Live played an anti-Semitic skit. We had NBC this week play, had to pull a nurse's episode. Because, and in, in, in fact, there's going to be a rally, a protest outside um, NBC studios in New York this weekend. Um, they want to rally, a protest outside Saturday Night Live. The nurses had to pull an episode that was disgustingly anti-Semitic. And now you got Cornell West. I mean, we don't want to, you know, we want to stick on the education theme. But I just want to point out that there's clearly anti-Semitism going on on and, and the Democrats right now. There's a heavy threat of it. There is. Yeah. Okay, some other topics. Uh, Cordobel Fortinot, <laughs> Vice President of La Mesa Spring Valley Board of Education, who's black. She claims now that opening schools is white supremacy and slavery reborn in this country. <laughs> I mean, you're kidding me. So we know the union is against opening the schools. Now we've got even the school board is against uh, opening the schools because it's white supremacy and slavery reborn. It's like, are you crazy? That is crazy. I'm sitting here thinking, what percentage? We've we've got a, a, a large Hispanic community here in San Diego, obviously because we're a border town. But I don't know what yeah. what pop, what percentage of our population is is African American. It's you know, skins maybe. I don't, I don't know if we might want to Google that or research that for next week. But this is this is this is just the insanity of the left trying to do everything that they can and the and these. 
these school boards don't want to release release their power. They want to continue to be paid uh, without having to do the job. Uh, they want to they want to hold out and hold the gun to the head of the taxpayers so that they can get their Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, Marxist, you know, agenda items fulfilled. But does, it, it, but this this is this is going too far because we don't have enough we don't have enough minorities here for her to make that claim stick. I guess not. Believe me. In Buffalo, New York, I got some other exciting news. They've reached a new limit in race denunciations. The curriculum makes kindergarten kids watch a video of dead black kids and warns them about the danger of being killed by racist police and state-sanctioned violence. This is what they're teaching kindergarten to let them see in the video. Wow. The district also set up Black Lives Matter curriculum and requires schools to teach America is based on racism and then the nuclear family has to be dismantled. Wow. That's the junior high school. Then they claim all white wealth comes from the days of slavery. No white wealth comes from any point other than the work of the slaves 200 years ago. Which is yeah. all, which is just a complete fabrication and complete lies. But that is totally. absolutely, without question, the thing about showing the dead kids to kindergartners, that is emotional, mental, and psychological abuse of children. It really is. Jeez. Anyway, um, high school kids now in that school district must atone for their white privilege, even though National Review magazine reported that 85.5% of black-white incidents in this country are initiated by blacks against whites, 540,000 of them last Well, of year. course, why wouldn't it? When, you've, when you're telling black kids all day long that white people hate you and that, that you know, white people They're are worthless. evil yeah. and the worthless and the devil, and, we, and then, then you've reported many times about different school districts that are refusing to discipline kids, you know, uh, you know, uh, you're going to have this. You're, you know, when you've got Black Lives Matter and Antifa roaming around unabated, burning down businesses and, and beating up people. I mean, you're, you, you know, you're going to have that. You're going you're to be fostering this. The ultimate racist battle going on in this country. Absolutely. And when you tell white kids that they're not allowed to punch back, that, that they're supposed to accept that it's their fault. You know, you're I setting know. up kids to be attacked and, 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 and have them not punch back. Well, there's another trend starting as well, exciting the LGBT and the racist commentary. In Renton, Washington, a new attack on little kids forces them to recite land acknowledgments, which is an admission that all live today on stolen land in America. And this is a, for little kindergartens who are too, too young to grasp the reality of this leftist push and, and propaganda. But that's, that's the latest thing. When we you're live, in kindergarten. We live in a land that we stole hundreds of years ago, and therefore we all live on stolen land, and they make the kids recite forgiveness for it. Wow. So we, we make them, you know, subjugate themselves and beg forgiveness for something that they didn't do. This is, this is all abuse of little minds. And it reminds me of our segment, Skins, last night that we had with Don Jans, in which he talked about, was it, was it Stalin or Lenin, where he said, give me, give me four years of a child. And he's mine for for the rest of, of I don't their remember, life. But, that, but that's horrifying. <laughs> it's Stalin, yeah. It was yes, yeah, so, yeah, Stalin. He knew it. Okay, and you got Val Verde School District, and now promotes black only events for school parents to get their input on how to rid kids of white privilege and racist beliefs. So this is gathering of just black parents to talk about these racial issues. So now they're changing the name of U.S. history to quote race and gender in U.S. history unquote. And that course includes a push for civil disobedience and social activism. Teach them how to be radicals out on the street. Nice. Good education you're getting. 
Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, how much of the day anymore is spent in actually teaching two plus two? I mean, now, 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 let me tell you, I struggled with math. I would have been glad to not have to do some trigonometry and go sit in in more social studies stuff. But that wasn't the purpose for for my parents paying taxes. I know. I mean, they're, they're, we're not allowed to read any of the classical books. You, you, and math is racist, and and history has been distorted into something about race and gender. You, what is left? I, I don't know what they're being taught other than. All this garbage, it's turning out bad kids. Well, it is, and it's destroying this country. And if you want to know why we have, like, Antifa is all, like, 20-something-year-olds, year and, you know, they, so much of what we've got going on in this country right now is a direct result of this. I mean, you know, these stories are horrifying, but it doesn't mean that the – and we've reached a peak, I think, or, you know, we're, we've reached a really dark place in the schools. But my point is, is that they that left took over our schools a long time ago. You're just now shining a light on it but you know the left has been doing indoctrination for a long time now and um we need to we need to as citizens to not be sitting back and expecting our our elected officials to do anything about it we have to get involved ourselves we have to be joining organizations like mass resistance we have to be going to school boards or running for for a school board ourselves and be pushing back i agree if you don't do it we'll, we'll lose the country all of it yeah I mean, we're almost there now. I don't I don't know how we I don't know how we get back uh, from um, this transgender abuse of children that's going on that we're pushing in schools as well. We're going around like and and you reported on that what a year ago, two years ago here in California, going around to kindergartners. You know, there's 27 genders. You know, you know, somebody told you you were a boy, but you really could be a girl. Right. Yeah. Be ashamed that you're white skin and be be questionable whether we really are a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you're living on stolen property that your family stole 100 years ago. So. I mean, why? How? How would you? If you're, you know, it's so dark and demented and evil, and and you wonder why, you know, and on on top of kids being, you know, stuck at home, you wonder why there's depression, rampant depression, and suicide going on with kids today. Yeah. I hear more it and more of that, Andrea, on almost a weekly basis. You hear more and more what the depression about and, the depression going on with our kids. It's horrifying. Yeah, yeah. it is increasing a lot. You're there. Well, you're what? everything that you've said is, is is literally about telling kids negative, negative, negative. Think of it. Think of it in the context of at home. If you had a parent, you know, uh, telling a kid all day long at home, you're rotten, you're worthless, you're 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 never going to amount to anything. Eventually you're horrible. They they're they're going to yeah. believe it. And you're teaching you're te- we're teaching kids to hate themselves. It really is true, and it's it's really a shame. It's just, I don't know. Hopefully, we can stop it between you, me, and others that are in the battle. We can we can make a turn. Well, we've certainly educated people, and now people have to get involved and do something to stop it. We can no longer just sit back and expect, like I said, um, other people to to solve these problems. We, uh, three hundred thirty million Americans, need to get involved. And, you know, and if you can't run for for office, you can still go to a school board meeting. And one of the things that you've helped me to understand is this doesn't just affect you if you've got a kid in school. This is about transforming America, using kids to do it and using schools as as the indoctrination centers to make it happen. Bob Walters, thank you for all you do. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a great weekend, my friend. All right. Well, we got uh, here of the week and stink of the week coming up. You got any ideas for that, my friend, you want to share? Yeah, solidified mine today before the show even took place, so I'm all good. All right.
Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Tonight, I'm going to enjoy myself. My Friday night plan, uh, I have a, like a little pattern, like a little uh, ritual. I eat pizza on Friday night. That's my jam. Um, but I don't feel guilty about it because I eat my. I also take my balance in nature every day. And uh, I also have a roasted veggie. See, here's how I do it. It's kind of like the people who eat a dozen donuts and drink a Diet Coke. I eat, I eat roasted veggies before I have my pizza. And then, of course, I take my balance in nature. And I'm feeling better than ever. And let me tell you, still, over a year, um, going on uh, a year and four months, uh, do I have not had to take an antibiotic for a sinus infection, which is literally a miracle for me. Go to balanceinnature.com, discount code HEALTH. 35% off right now on preferred orders and free shipping. Um, okay, breaking news today, which is a, a contender for a stink of the week for me, is John Durham it will stay as a special counsel. He is not going to be a U.S. attorney. And this is clearly a nominee for stink of the week. Make no mistake about it. The, the He is not staying in this position because we're going to have somebody be held accountable criminally for the weaponized deep state involving the FBI and the DOJ targeting uh, Michael Flynn and Carter Page and Papadopoulos and more and lying to FISA courts and all the different crimes that you know they've committed. That's not what the he is there to continue Bill Barr's work of covering up for the deep state. There will be a report that will be buried that, that will come out in which they will bury all the crimes committed. They'll blame some low level people for acting outside of protocols and they're just going to work to clean up kind of what Christopher Ray Christopher Ray BS that um, you know the FBI is working to you know make sure they tighten up their process. And then because Durham would have been somebody appointed by Bill Barr, who was nominated by Trump, both uh, the Republican Party will say, see, there was nothing to see here all along. And the deep state will be solidified and uh, enabled uh, going forward. Well, my stink happens to be after hearing just so many different stories, you know, for a while. But this week was was pretty heavy. Anybody that is willing to do any type of social experimentation on kids to, you know, give them beta blockers or get them so they're, you know, uh, hey, you're five years old. You need to be able to. How do you feel? That's the gender you need. No, you know what? Stop. I- I've had enough of your baloney and you need to uh, get ready because the people that want to stand up for our kids are going to do it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they actually are my stink of the week. This was this was a contender, uh, Durham, because, you know, we uh, Bill, Bill Barr was um, Trump's worst HR decision, because even even I could have said Jeff Sessions, but even after Jeff Sessions, he had an opportunity to turn things around. But that's still and 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 America is suffering as a result of it. That's one reason why they were able to steal the election, because that's something that falls under the purview of the Department of Justice. But there is nothing worse, nothing than, worse. than people targeting children. For their political means. And when you, there is no scientific or even medical reason, and I know the details of how these these uh, sex change operations take place, you not only don't need to use puberty blockers to do it, it actually makes it more difficult to do so. So the only reason why they are targeting prepubescent children for this is because they know that Rand Paul is right, that 80 to 95% of children 
who go through puberty no longer suffer gender dysphoria. So they've got to keep these kids on the team. They've got to stop them from changing their minds. That is despicable. This is genital mutilation, permanent. Per- and, and I was that kid. So don't tell me that I don't have sympathy. That was me. That's my whole point for why this story matters so much to me. Not that it matters so much to me because I would care anyway, but why I have so much understanding of this and how cruel this is. This had had I had these monsters in schools and in the government right now, I would have been I, I, I liken it to murder. This is the murder. I would not have been the person I was biologically and, and meant to be. Biologically, emotionally, spiritually meant to be. I would have been murdered. This is murdering of human beings. Now we got to get into hero. Who's your hero? You know what? Uh, it was a toss-up. And then uh, today with uh, the, the statements that Ted Cruz made at, at CPAC, i got to go with Ted Cruz. Uh, he, he's a great warrior, and I'm, uh, I'm glad he's on our side. Really am. Okay, so um, I, my runner-up for here of the week, and I, and, I've, and I haven't been able to confirm this is true. This, this is a story that comes out of Vice.com. Um, but I'm hoping it is because China apologized for forcing Biden's staff to submit to anal COVID exams when they, when they didn't have to. <laughs> the thought of that just cracks me up. 50 members of Biden's team were subjected to anal exams. You know you don't need to do it that way, right? It's through the nose. <laughs> Peace out. Love you all.